Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Podcast Assemble, the show where you come for your rambling, geeky download. My name's Tommy, and I am delighted, as always, to be joined by my friend and co-host from across the pond. It's our resident cartel boss of the pod, DL. How are you, mate? Hey, dude. You back? I couldn't tell if you were, like, calling me a cartel boss because of... uh, The haircut? Because of my haircut, (laughs) or because of the content of our main topic today. But... You'd be a low-level thug with that haircut. You wouldn't be a a boss. This isn't isn't a boss. A boss would be, like, slick back, a bit oily. Yeah, 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 exactly. This would be kind of more similar to the content of the the movie we watched uh, this week. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, of course, you're the cartel boss because of the content. It's always to do with the content. You know that, right? Of course, of course. How you been, buddy? What's been happening? Uh, Been a while since we've been here. Yeah, yeah. I was sick for a bit. So we did one remote, and oh, then yeah. Um, yeah, I had to travel a bit. How did that go? Because <laughs> you were like, dude, I was ill. You were out. I properly got like uh, strep throat, and then it was bad. I had like uh, had to get on antibiotics. Got like a rash as well. It's, like, a side effect. Yeah, I was like, I don't really want to. I didn't want to see any of that. Be around people. all of that. But uh, it did let me kind of, you know, when it wasn't so bad from the illness, like. I could enjoy certain things, which was nice. Like lots of TV and PlayStation? TV and PlayStation. Yes. Um, what did you play? But that was only for like half of it. Half of it, I was just so ill. I was like, Ugh. Oh, man. Well, you know when you got to pop a bunch of pills and you're just like space cadet. Yeah. And it was just like snipes in my throat. But um, You sound like you got that today. No, it's just, it's just early. <laughs> <laughs> I had a few drinks last night. Oh, yes, you did. In five weeks. Damn, nice. Good on you. Uh, you are you shredding for the wedding? Not yet, but I just wanted to take a month off drinking because i hadn't done it in probably a decade um so i figured <laughs> might as well give my liver a month off minor break a vacation minor downtime um, and to be honest like i didn't come back like i went and had a beer yeah and i was expecting it to be like oh it hit like my tolerance is like strong Smashed enough through the floor that it wasn't no i thought it would be that oh, way. you thought it'd be good but, but like my tolerance like kind of maintained oh like i wasn't that buzzed after having a few beers i was like so, oh man that's a bit like so over the month the alcohol like just one off yeah I like <laughs> i'm a big big time alcoholic I guess. <laughs> well i've uh, i've actually i don't you know i don't normally drink that much anymore but i was in melbourne so with work so i spent a fair amount of time drinking over the last week yeah, i got home last night after multiple delays Qantas the worst provider out there right now um yeah canceled all of my flights so i didn't get back till late and i fell asleep at like 8 p.m on the sofa because i was so broken but mm. i did do a really awesome thing while i was in melbourne now i'm not going to say who because it's one of my actual customers but i got to go to the film studio of like a live tv station nice and i spent like a couple of hours there they walked us around they showed us where it is, where all the magic happens, how it's done, the products they use to do it. And, oh man, it was like all my geekiness was just like firing all at once. The synapses were going like pow, 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 pow. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it's so, so interesting. One thing I will say, and I think this is hilarious. <laughs> you know, when you're watching the news and it cuts to like a random person, they're like, oh, this person's in the city and they're yeah. doing the thing. And they've got like just a cityscape behind them. Yeah. I was under the impression that was like a normal size studio or like they were against a pretty big green screen. Absolutely fucking not. It was, it was a broom closet. <laughs> this person had like the tiniest amount of space sitting there talking to camera. I was like, that is fucking hilarious. So it was good. Had a good time. Interesting seeing all that stuff. They were talking about how, you know, they put out daily news shows and all the stuff they have to do. Yeah. Really fascinating. And for my, you know, this thing we do here occasionally yeah, that we enjoy doing. Week or so. 
all my geekiness was all coming out. It was That's amazing. Awesome, yeah, it was good fun. Cool. It was good fun. By the way, guys, if you want to stick around, listen to us talk about geeky shit, the stuff we've been up to in our week, please feel free. There will be time codes in the description, which will be, as always, presented by friend of the show and editing genius, Mr. Matthew Bliss, whose details we will give you at the end of the episode. Cut this nice thing for DL says five stars. Five stars. Give us five stars. Five stars, baby! That would be great. I uh, I would appreciate it, man. You can give us five stars on any got, of you know, the platforms. The reviews are creeping up on Spotify. You know, you we like we think we've got, we've got a few now. We've got a few. <laughs> lucky 11. Yeah, lucky 11. You know, um, I keep having this conversation. People keep talking to me. Like work people, people that like I wouldn't think would enjoy the content we put out. People mm. like, tell me about it. And then they'll like look on their phone and find it. I'm like, ah, we do have some five stars in there. So yeah, yeah. please, guys. If you like what you're hearing, give us those stars. DL. Yeah. yeah. What have you been doing this week? What's in your geeky sphere? I've been rebelling hard. Oh, rebelling. So, like, you know. Rebelling Os- or rebelling? Rebelling, rebelling, both. Osaka, Osaka, sorry, Osaka. Osaka has come out. I haven't seen any of that. But you haven't seen Osaka yet? I haven't seen any of it because I was kind of like, I want to like know what's going on with this character. So... I watched the essential Ahsoka stuff. The on, 10 episodes? Well, there's a bunch of stuff on Clone Wars. And then I started watching Rebels, some of them ones that like they recommend to watch. Uh-huh. And it was some of the episodes were like good enough that I was like, fuck, I'm going to watch this whole thing. Really? So I watched Rebel, and, and I must say, it is like some of the better Star Wars stuff out there. Really? For Rebels. Even it's in the It's not even stuff. like a cartoon. Yeah, it's not even like a Saturday cartoony the way the Clone Wars one was. Mm. It's a little bit more mature thought out themes like mm. good like more star wars like just i guess philosophical star stuff wars. no like the stuff that you like from it not the annoying stuff um and so it's all andor is that what you're saying it's 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 a bit of andor but it's got jedi it's like andor had a bit of jedi stuff that was oh. not overwhelming because they're so bad because there's no temple anymore yeah okay. there's no one teaching them anything so they're just kind of like, seems like they never were anyway. It's kind of people, I guess that's <laughs> fair. But there are people like, you know, without any teachers that are force, I guess, sensitive and they, you know, you follow them kind of struggling. It's just really, really well done. Okay. And so I'm like on to season two of it. Oh, nice. How, How many seasons? Five seasons? There's four. Okay. I'm going to try and finish that before i watch ahsoka that's interesting because if you go 20 minute episodes if you go to our website www.podcastassemble.com you find i actually did a blog on this recently that was and actually did a youtube video about this effectively about like do you need to watch all this stuff to really understand ahsoka the tv show i don't know i've watched the first two maybe three episodes i would say yes (laughs) i think it would definitely enhance experience massive like you know it's kind of like of course it's like the source like this is the source material for these characters yeah you know they haven't been in anything other than this so it's like i saw a i saw a a comparison that was like this is effectively rebel season five right mm -hmm. so and i and i get that and i will probably enjoy the show for what it is because she's so freaking cool you know the two lightsaber thing yeah like she's cool as and i think like the other characters are cool too but like i feel like i say this in my youtube video i feel like every even the first episode there's like probably 50 references that go way over my head and i'm just like okay that's for the fans you know yeah i think you should watch rebels I don't think I've got time. Who has the time? Minutes, uh, it's not that intense. Yeah, but there's like, what, there's 20 episodes a season? I'm on, I've been doing it for two weeks. Yeah, exactly. On, You've been doing it I'm for two weeks. I'm on the end weeks. of season two. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you just watch a, a couple of, like, like, you know, an hour a day, it's like three or four episodes. Okay, I will say I'm going to do it. Absolutely not So you've been um, deep in that then. Yeah, deep I have. In it. I'm, I'm loving it. Um, so you haven't watched any of Ahsoka yet, but you have been watching that. Yeah, and then I've also been continuing to play Witcher 3, but fuck, I love this game. It is probably up there with Red Dead 2 and Mass Effect in terms of like top games. 
Really? Yeah, open worlds. Which sure. is how far are you into it now? Uh, not far enough. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot to go. <laughs> past, the, past the stage I get I'm to. I'm pretty which much is... like halfway through where I was before. Okay. But the cool part about this game is there's so many things that I just like don't try and redo everything I've done before. I just do things that I need to do, like yeah, and make okay. different decisions. And it's like kind of like a new experience. Well, we've, we've actually been going, continuing our backward run through the Mission Impossible oh, franchise. <laughs> We're still at the good ones, so it's all right. Is your partner like okay with this? Or yeah, you have to it's use her idea. Or you have to use your veto. It's her idea. So you don't even have to veto. We started this with the newest one and we've been going backwards ever oh since. Oh my God. We watched Ghost Protocol. Now you'll remember Ghost that Protocol. Yeah, exactly. So see what I mean? Like That's it's actually good. good. I remember that one. I think it's the one where they blew up the Kremlin yeah. in quotation like marks. in the beginning. Yes. Yeah. And then it's also the one where they're in Dubai, I think, and they're on the tallest building yeah. in the world and he jumps around. That scene is terrifying. Yeah, fuck that. Like just watch. Yeah, <laughs> don't I don't know if mind. you remember. I don't know if you remember it, but like at the end, his his uh, cable to jump back to his original window is too short, and he has to jump the final like I don't know, like ten feet or whatever. Yeah, and he misses. He actually hits the top of the window and nearly falls back out. And it's uh, oh my god, like the whole thing just kills me inside to uh, watch. Like I'm not scared uh, of heights, but watching that makes me feel. Uh, 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 yeah, I, I hate that. I am scared of heights. No, everyone says they're not scared of heights until they're up high. Uh, and they're in a high place. And then place. they're suddenly scared of heights. Yes, funny like, that, isn't that's it? That's the way it works. Yes. <laughs> that's how phobia works. <laughs> I'm not works. scared of lions until they're in front of me <laughs> growling. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not walking around Bondi. Like, oh, better watch out. You know? No. Wait, there aren't uh, lions in Bondi? What are you saying? No, what are you saying? Not that kind, anyway. Anything else? Uh, No, that's mainly what I've been doing, dude. Just I got a, two things. I got a couple of good other ones. So firstly, we watched Air. You mm. may remember a recent film about Michael how Michael Jordan became the face of Nike, effectively. Like, I really liked the story behind it. It's really an interesting story. Yeah. You know, Nike were actually, I think they were the fourth, third or fourth um, highest grossing shoe in NBA. Like, they were nowhere near Adidas. Yep. They were nowhere near controver- controversy. Controversy? They were nowhere near Converse. They were nothing. Yeah. And, like, they put everything into Michael Jordan. Everything. Or, like... They had enough money to spread over like three players for the season. They were going for like tier, tier four players because all the good ones had been taken by like, like I say, Adidas. Mm-hmm. And they just went all out for Jordan. They went, this is the guy. He's a young up and comer. He's got the hunger in his eyes. And like the story I really rate, the execution, so-so. It's fine. Like it's not, not an amazing movie. Is it boring or what? Yeah, it's kind of boring. It's mm. just kind of like paint by numbers. And like yeah. Matt Damon's fairly good in it didn't rate him the thing that really took me out of it was any scene ben affleck was in why i i don't know if you've seen any stills from it no just find a still of ben affleck in that movie he has this weird ginger wig he's i mean can't like it just takes you out of it yeah and his accent's awful in it like i know it's supposed to be based on a real person i get Uh, that i do i understand that just on this guy (laughs) it's not good Mm. it looks absolutely terrible Fair enough. Really bad. And the final thing I got up to this week was I actually listened. And part of the reason why we're actually doing the movie we're talking about today, I listened to the new John Bernthal podcast, The Real Ones. I don't know if you've heard much of it at all. I've heard like the clips. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've yeah. seen the clips and so, maybe a couple episodes. And that's how I ended up with, with this. So I was watching a bit of YouTube or whatever I was watching. And there was a clip, a 10 minute one of David Ayer, who famously, you know, made all is is credited as creating that terrible suicide squad movie and it was him talking about that experience for 10 minutes and the podcast is probably about two hours long so i went back and listened to the whole thing his life is fascinating and maybe mm. we'll touch a bit more on that 
before we start the main topic because listening to him talk, yeah. his experiences, his life, how it influences everything he does, he is a really interesting bloke. Yeah, he is. Through sure. and through. I don't know, did you actually get a chance to listen to the whole thing? I didn't get a chance to listen to that one, but I know a lot about his story. Yeah. I've heard about it. He's a super fascinating guy. And it's so funny that like if, if you just have that one media perspective, which is effectively... He fucked Suicide. He made a couple of good movies and fucked Suicide Squad. Yeah. You get nothing, nothing about who this guy is, his passions, the pain. Oh, man. Fascinating guy. Really interesting. So maybe we'll talk about that a little bit before we jump into our main topic today. But DL, now what we do is we like to talk a little bit about what's been happening in our geeky spheres. And we call it Have You Heard? It's not news. It's us. Then it's the dumb shit on Instagram and hoping something sticks. But one thing I know you heard and you are absolutely devastated about, I'm saying this for you, <laughs> okay. is that Doom Part 2, it's been delayed till yeah, 2024. That is so annoying. frustrating. We were actually talking about this last night, uh, mostly due to the writer strikes and actor strikes. Yeah. Yay! I mean, they could do it. You're right. They could p- release it, but totally. they won't. Well, a bunch of movies have flopped coming out recently. So, for example, uh, the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie has done nowhere near as well as they wanted it to. Uh, and a lot of that, they believe, is down to the fact that the actors, you know, those those guys who are in the films... That makes sense. ...can't do the press tours. Yeah, well, I mean, like... I mean, maybe not for an animated movie. But like Jackie Chan, it, for example, is in that. Like, he's a big draw. I can see people uh, wanting to see he's in it. Yeah. You know, there's lots of lots of reasons. That it's actually does make sense. But like Dune, you know, it's, it's always had this kind of thing going on with it. Right? Last time it was COVID, this time it's the writer's strike. Just release it. We'll, we'll go watch. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I would 100% see Dune right now. Yeah. I think we're going to start seeing the tail end of stuff that's already pre-made pretty soon, like around mm. Christmas time. Stuff's going to start to slow down a little bit and you'll start to really get like the crunch of cinema studios been like, yeah, oh, maybe well, we should I, pay them a bit more. Well, we'll get like House of the Dragon and stuff because they're all English actors. Yeah, British stuff. British stuff will awesome. be coming out. Oh, I, we started watching, I'm not going to talk about it yet, but we started watching an Irish thing called Kin the other day. You ever uh, heard of it? It's no. apparently big on the Irish scene, and, is, but it's got it a like? bunch of people from Game of Thrones in it. So like Littlefinger's in it, Mance Raider's in What's it. What's about? So it's effective. I'm, I'll talk more about it next week when I, we come back because I've only seen one or two episodes. Okay. But the basic setup is it's an Irish drug crime family, okay. effectively, and the relationships they have towards other areas of like drug, the drug game, people trying to take their, their, um, take their territory and stuff. Yeah. And so just crime. The crime son, well, the son of the, the, one of the, the, main guys and it gets killed kind of by accident mm. by by a hit who was supposed to be for someone else and it's how that develops from the gang war it's gonna be cool but it's also got the guy who plays daredevil charlie cox in it too so okay i can't ever see past him being daredevil <laughs> he's just daredevil to me i mean fair enough i mean he is it is a pretty like also like he's just got unique looking dude i think like yeah he is what about him i don't know yeah he really, he really nails that um, blind look as well. Yeah, the I'm like, why aren't you blind in this movie? Yeah, like, are you actually blind? You should be blind. He kind of looks doesn't add up. He's, uh, he's good. I like him a lot. Okay, Irish accent's okay. It's not, it's not the best. It's all right. But everyone else in it is actually Irish. So yeah. Anyway, look, we're getting off topic. Dune, Dune two. I'm happy it's been delayed. Okay, fair enough. Like, I want it now, but we yeah. can agree to disagree. The second one that is another sequel, I guess. Oh yeah. Did you see The Last of Us uh, 2 news? What's that? That they've got the outline done. They're basically ready to go as yeah. soon as they can um, from, a, from a script perspective, which to me, I'm like, it's kind of funny because it's like, you didn't have it done. Like, yeah. You've been doing it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're just like, not like getting paid for it. Yeah, yet. exactly. Like, yeah. You will get paid for it. Don't yeah. worry about it, guys. Um, but that's, that's interesting. Exciting, yeah. 
I'm be, excited for that because... Did you ever play the second one? Did you not finish it? No, I haven't played the second one. What are you one? waiting for, dude? I don't know. It's like such a good game. I don't know. It's like up there, like... I think I loved the first one so much, I was like, without the big... Like, I knew Joel was going to die. Like, I just... Yeah. Spoilers for Last of Us Part 2. You could just guess from, like, the all of the trailers. And I was like, oh, he's such a big part of it. I don't know if I... Oh, it, yeah, but you that's know, part yeah. of like the the shocking, like the shock to the story. Sure. Like it's good. No, I get that. And you know what? It's almost like it's, it's almost definitely, yeah. It's almost like what is it? Raiders to Temple of Doom. I almost didn't want to play it in case it wasn't as good. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like first one is so, like it doesn't need a sequel. Stranger no, Things. No, it's it all doesn't. the things we talk about. Like it, it, to me, it almost didn't need a sequel. And like I know it's supposed to be amazing, but I'm happy with how it ends. I mean, it doesn't need a sequel, but if it did have a sequel, this is what it should be. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, they found a story to tell. Now, do I think it's as, like, tight as the other story? No. <laughs> the game, but, like, it's not bad. It's still okay. good. Really good. The gameplay is so much better. Oh, really? That, that alone should make you... The gameplay was pretty tough in the first one. I mean, they're both, like, good, but, like, it's, like, way better. You love survival horror. I don't love Doesn't matter. It. Way better. Okay. Doesn't matter. <laughs> can I way just knife things better. to death all the time? You still can. Nice. Okay, yeah. that's all. In I fact, want. you have more of that because you play as Ellie. <laughs> oh yeah, so you can like constantly knife. She's a psycho. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She's absolutely psychotic. And speaking of speaking of uh, second video games, the new yes. Spider Man games out soon. I will one hundred percent. Yeah, I still need to finish the first one. I actually need to go back and replay Miles Morales. I don't have any. I have so many games to play. Stop playing a Witcher. No, Do it. Gotta finish it. Do it. Finishing it. It's too good. It's gonna take you like. 16 whatever years it's fine I, yeah I'm fine. it's great i hope so yeah <laughs> i love it what if another what if another witcher comes out then i'm fucked <laughs> but that those games take like 10 years to make it's true those At guys least, they, like the cyberpunk well, like should have taken 13 well apparently it's they really released good it now. too early apparently it's really good now so i'm saying it's like yeah, yeah. it was what, 10 years five years later three years more <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, they just released an expansion for it, didn't they? The Idris Elba one. Another one I got to play. Yeah, well, one day. Did you ever play it? I've got it. Yeah, I know you have it. I bought it for $5. Yeah, fair enough. Like the original. Remember when I bought it for, or was it you? It was me. Yeah, yeah was you like got $5. it for me for like 80 bucks, and I had to like negotiate a return. Oh, yeah, the it. Xbox one. Yeah, and I got something else. I forget which game I got. Probably better than that one was at the time. Yeah. But uh, Last of Us Part 2, it's coming. We're ready for it. It's going to be good. Like... I'm intrigued to know what they do with the with the actors they hire for this. Yeah. Because there are a couple of really key peoples upcoming yeah. who we haven't seen yet. Mm. And I'm excited to see if they keep going with like so People I would have said that were casted. Yeah. Were I would think that Ellie wasn't quite who we thought. Like so we I was talking about this just the other day. We talked about this before it came out. We weren't sure whether uh, the actor playing Ellie was going to be, you know, like we've seen her do the angry stuff, but can she do the soft stuff? Can she do the emotional stuff? I hadn't really seen that in a Game of Thrones. Yeah. Who are they going to get? Are they going to get some new upcoming actors? What are they going to do? Yeah, I think they'll probably do what they did last time, which is uh, get some people that are like A grade. Yeah. But maybe not. Like, I think that like a lot of the side characters were not A grade. So like the, there's another couple characters that like they're not even main. They're kind of side into. Right. I would say they'll do the same thing as they did that. I don't think it'll be A grade, but they'll be known in stuff or they'll be voice actors ah. the way they did for a couple characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the last one. But, you know, like I'm still like I think they both did a great job. It was an amazing thing, but they're still she's not like perfect for Ellie. Sure. I think she was amazing though. She was good. She was great. But I I still think there was like a bit of a casting I dilemma. Think, no, I just I don't I mean it's like they didn't do exactly what the Ellie from the games is, but that's fine. 
That's fine. I think it's good they took their own liberties. They took her to a more extreme. Yes. I don't think Ellie in the games is as extreme as Bella Ramsey in, okay. the, in the first season of Bella Ramsey. That was a name I was clearly struggling to remember. Yeah. Thank you. Thank as, you for that deal. That's all good. As, <laughs> as she is in the first season, like she's way more hardcore than Ellie was. Right. Okay. Ellie was still pretty, like, I think she was just softer. Okay. She becomes more hardcore. Yeah, towards the second. That, it's game. like almost reversed in this. Anyway. Maybe, um, maybe you'll see more softer side coming out of her in the next one. It's very, very good. I'll ask you then, did you see this week, DL, that Rick and Morty season seven? It's got an announcement for when it is coming out. Now, I know you're less fussed about this now. Like, mm. you, you flip and flop. Sometimes you're excited, sometimes you're less Once excited. Once it's on, I'm there. But, yeah. like, I'm not, like, fucking theorizing. It's a cartoon. Oh, I'm not theorizing either, yeah. but it's coming on the 15th of October. So it's it's coming real fast. Yeah. That is scary how quick that's that snuck up on us. Yeah. It feels like, it feels like just a minute ago they were, you know not going to make it because they didn't get the amount of money they wanted. And then they got 20 fucking seasons or whatever it is. And now it's like, yep, well, this will be weird because right it's like a new voice actor. Yeah. Well, that's the weirdest part. Do you think you'll be able to notice? Probably not. I think gonna, mm, you say that though. Do you remember? I think they're going to be good enough that you won't notice. Do you remember when Mallory Archer changed in Archer because I think the actor passed away? I didn't even know that. Well, there you go. When did this happen? Oh, about the three or four season? seasons ago. Then, yeah, I didn't notice. Yeah, that's finishing, actually. Do you know that? That's I the, haven't seen the last two, but they're on Netflix. The The latest season that is coming out now is the last season. Nice. But they changed not Mallory Archer. Really I'm actually bummed. I but. did notice the change, but not like in a, this changes everything, just in a kind of like, oh, yeah, it's a bit different. Maybe now I'll notice now that you mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, you definitely will <laughs> watch it. I haven't seen the last two seasons. I've kept, they're on Netflix, but I just haven't watched them. Check it out. See if you see if you see any difference. It's just, um, it's just not quite as um, bitey. Yeah, she's not the same bite. She was it. a great voice actress. Great voice actress. Yeah, she killed it. For it. Oh. But like, I'm intrigued to know where they're going to go with this. I kind of feel like they might do a thing Marvel's struggling with and de-escalate some more. So just like bring it back down. Like, you know, maybe take some of the sting off all of the, you know, the bigger plot arches. Mm. And just be a bit like, hey, it's a season of Rick and Morty. We're doing weird shit. We're going to go and see a... I think they need to do blah, that. Blah, 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 blah. planet. got a lot of fucking... They got a lot. They got. A, you're right. They got to recreate the foundation of like yeah. the funny material because they've got a lot more to do. Does that like, make sense? Twenty seasons. Yeah, like, so they can't just keep like orchestrating these yeah, mind, yeah, yeah. like you know Inception, Inception, Inception style yeah, 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 layers, yeah, yeah. layers and layers. But well, um, you know, it's a simulation side of simulation side of simulation deal. I know it's it got. Is. A... <laughs> I know it is, but couple of then couple of game bits before we move on to our main topic. DL, did you see that Sony has revealed Project Q? Now, you'll remember this. We've talked about it in real life. We do talk in real life. You know that, right? Yeah. It's going to be called PlayStation Portal, which is that crazy cool thing. Well, where you can play where you're on the John. On the Dunny. Yeah. yeah. It's, is it crazy cool? Like, until I can take that with me into my real life, like, it's, it's all right. I still got to pack a fucking PlayStation. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. Doesn't really make sense. Until it's just like a real, like, until it's, a, until it is the Switch. Until it's standalone. Yeah. yeah. Like, I like it. I like that. I'm not going to pay. I bet it'll be like $600. I'm not going to pay that for it. I guess like, what's the use case? Exactly. Is it when like someone else wants the TV, but you still want to play? That's probably it. Yeah. Which is fine. But it's actually not a bad use case for a family. Yeah. But I, like, I, I, if I'm a dad and I want to watch sports and my kid's being annoying, I might buy that just so he can like play while I want to watch sports. Mm. You know what I mean? One day. Yeah. Saying that though, saying that friend, friend of the show, Ollie, I know for a fact he will, he only plays Switch now effectively. He, he's just bought a PS5, so he's played some of that, but yeah. he effectively only plays Switch because while his wife is sat watching whatever trash show she wants to watch on an evening, he can sit That's the and play a Switch. Like, that's why he finished uh, Legend, uh, Tears of the Kingdom in like, that fucking, is, like then that four is days. The, that is the use case. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 100%. But like, how many people is that going to, like, is that 
for everyone? No, but I guess like, does it need to be? Yeah, they need to make their money back. How much, I mean, I, I that's the question. Maybe they've done they've done the math and they're like, you know, play there are 50, enough dads. Fifty percent of our our dads who like don't have enough time and barely get to play. This is actually going to add value. They'll buy more games. They'll buy, like you know what I mean. Maybe they're going to play more because they can now cut splice the time. I I think it, you know they've probably thought about it. Yeah, I mean, you hope so. Yeah, I think there's a, I think there's a problem. Personally, until I can take it away with me, until I can be sat, I don't know, away somewhere on a on a beach holiday. Yeah. That's why I bought uh, my partner an iPad because I'm right. like, when I want to play, just watch a show on the iPad. Oh, that's a great so idea. I already, I already solved this use case. Sorry, you've, you've sorry, done this Sony. before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you're not I'm playing games. You. Yeah, you're on building that, the product for me, but you're too slow. <laughs> um, final, final thing. Then, did you see this week, DL? That yeah. Starfield, it's finally out. People yep. finally got it. Yep. There's a lot of opinions, but it, it's debuted at a seven out of ten on IGN. Yeah, yeah, that's not great, is it? No, it's it's a pretty like like the review is pretty like. Uh, this is... You know, what it reminds me of. Reminds me of No Man's Sky. You remember Don't when that it. came out? <laughs> you, 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 you 100% do. I have no idea what this is. Effectively, No Man's Sky, it was hyped as the second coming of Christ. It was going to be oh, wow. the, the best ex- space exploration game ever. You could go to every single planet. You could see everything. Every planet was rendered individually, so there was never the same planet. You'd never meet the same life. You could do all this cool stuff. You were supposed to be able to play with other players. And that sounds be- like a big bet. Well, a big vision. Precisely. And when it came out, that. <laughs> it was like a third, if bet, maybe a quarter of all the stuff it says it could do. It was yeah. effectively like a really basic exploration game. Mm. But over time, over like the five, six years since, they've added to it. They've actually built out all the features they said they were going to. And now it's bloody amazing. But no one cares. But it's kind of now Starfield's out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, it gets a load of press now as being like, you know, one of the games like Cyberpunk, like all the other ones that got worked on and yeah. are really good, really good. Like, I mean, it's meant to be amazing now. Whereas this screams for me of that, like, they have this grandiose idea. They made it look amazing, but they didn't work on all the things they said they were going to. I think, like, they just, well, they didn't really say they were going to have all that. They just uh, they, implied it. No, they were pretty clear in the demo, like, you wouldn't be able to, like, land on the planet. It would be a cutscene. Oh. Like, they, they, but, like, they, you know, I think people wanted that. And they were hoping for that when it was first announced. Does that make sense? Like it was oh, like so the teaser trailer was just like a teaser trailer and people added like their own like projections to oh. it. But I think the interesting part about that review you mentioned is it's like so hot and cold. Yeah. Okay. Like the guy's like, I love certain parts of this game and I hate other parts. Uh-huh. And it's like, it's Katy Perry. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. You <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> yes. And you're no. Exactly. In and you're out. Up, then you're down. Up and you're down. Always. We're just making content here for our reels. That's all we're doing. We're not actually talking. <laughs> the point being, I, if it's like that divisive, like to me, the amount of time you got to sink into this game to make it worth it. Couldn't. Couldn't do it. Play The Witcher 3. <laughs> well, Spider-Man, it's got to come back, buddy. You got to do it. You got to do it. Gotta and we, do it. we are going to have to do that Invincible episode soon because that's coming quickly too. And we've been talking about that since pretty much day one. Guys, if you've heard anything that we haven't talked about, Hit us up. You can find us at Podcast Assemble on Instagram or the Podcast Assemble at gmail.com. Or just go to our website, www.podcastassemble.com. You can find all of our details there. We love it when you send us stuff. Many we options. always call it out when we remember. DL, do you want to preface our main topic this week? Baby. Yeah, dude. Uh, it is a anthology that we go through where one of us has not seen a movie. What do we call it? Movies we should have seen, but haven't. I guess that's it. <laughs> 
could have, could it's have, pretty obvious. Could have you could have just surmised that yeah, from uh, the words you were saying. The, yeah. So it's like one of us is to pick one that like definitely should have been in the watch list yeah. know, years ago and they missed this week. I don't know what the last one we did was. Maybe we can answer yeah, the post. It's been a little while. But uh, this one was... Um, well, it's based on Tom- the back of that topic we were talking about before yeah. with the podcast. Yes. And Tommy has not seen it. I have not. I have definitely not seen End of Watch from 2012. And it's really interesting because you, you mentioned watch lists and this this has been on my watch list for so freaking long. Really? It's one of the original films on Netflix that I put on my watch list. Like way back when. It's been on Netflix a lot. That's what I mean. Yeah. And it's it's just been there and I always look at it and go, oh, I need to be in the right frame of mind to watch that. And you know what it was? It was listening to David Ayer talk a bit about his life, his life experiences, how he literally grew up on the street. Mm-hmm. It made me go, holy hell. Like I've seen Fury. Uh, I've seen Training Day, obviously. Yep. He wrote Training Day. Do you yep. know that? Yep. He's the lead writer on it. Jesus. Like so uh, it's so obvious when you see this and yeah, his real sense. experiences. Yeah. Uh, and, and I highly recommend anyone. I mean, don't do it now. Wait till you've heard all our podcasts. Give us that download, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but go away and listen to John Bernthal's Real Ones podcast with David Ayer. Talks about all this stuff. And you really, really get that sense of realism, knowledge of this. And it's a movie that I hadn't seen, but should have. Do you have a stupid plot summary for this DL? Yeah, I do. It's pretty easy. Training Day, Ambulance, and Cloverfield's fine-ass menage a trois love child. Oh, I like it. That's what <laughs> it is. Menage a trois. Menage a trois love you, child you, of Training Day, Ambulance, and Cloverfield. You said that. My heart fluttered. Oh, good. I was well, like, it's fine. <laughs> the new haircut. Never done it. Did you get the haircut for this <laughs> film to look like Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah, that was my goal. <laughs> I did. I did like look when I was watching. I was like, ah, oh, like, yeah, my boy. He's he got, looks uh, the good shape, in this haircut. Uh, his hairline's a bit better than mine. But, he's you know, pretty hench in this as well. He's, he's always a chonky boy. Dude, he's a, he's a fitness freak, I think. He's I think so, fucking too. fucking yoked and everything. Mine is, uh, I, I really struggle to find anything stupid about this film. It's no, just the anti-white savior film. <laughs> Like, yeah, I wouldn't even bake it down. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it that. But that's your interpretation. My interpretation. All right. So, can you initially guess me then the IMDb score for this at present out of ten? Uh, it's like a mid seven. It's like a seven five. I, it's a I seven, saw six. it. Yeah, I saw it. I can't believe that. Uh, yeah, I don't really understand why. Me neither. It's yeah. it's very. I, I tried to look up the critical reception when it first came out. Yeah. And everything seems to be really positive. Yeah, I don't get it. Like the violence maybe. some of it's like gruesome and people just like don't like that. I think that was maybe it. All right. Yeah. So what about the Rotten Tomatoes score then? It's a percentage. 88. Ooh, it's 85. Okay. And that's kind of more in line with how I watched this movie. I liked it. I thought it was like like high 80s, low 90s. Maybe. Okay. And then finally the Letterboxd out of five. Uh, four. It's 3.7. That's a bit disappointing to me. Yeah. It's interesting because I flicked on, like we talk about, that is all user reviews. So yeah. we want like that sort of view of this as well. And I flicked on and I was looking and I was like, hang on a minute. Let me see if any of these one star reviews have anything, any substance any to them. And there's none of them even have a review. It's just one star, one star, one star, one star. It's like none of them have Troll any. Farm. It's like Russia. Cool. <laughs> it's Russia. They don't like it. They don't like it. All right. So this, as we said, is from director David Ayer, who has yeah. such a pedigree. Fury, by the way, didn't even realize that was by him. What a film. Yeah. I didn't we know have to talk about that at some that. point. Yeah. yeah. We have to talk about that at some point. Uh, m- mostly known for The Suicide Squad, which if you listen to that podcast, it, it's just not the film he made, the one that was put out. Like, yeah. it's fascinating listening to him talk about it. And this has a really great, really small cast. So we're talking Gyllenhaal, we've talked about Michael Pena as Mike Z- 
Zavala. Yep. He's just called Z in this. We got Ugly Betty. Yeah, we got uh, Natalie Martinez as, as as Z's wife. We have Anna Kendrick as Janet. America David Harbour. We've got favorite of the show, David Grillo. Do you remember David? Sorry, Frank Grillo. Uh, David we, Grillo. Yeah, we do have Frank Grillo. It's like young Frank Grillo. I did not recognize and him. It's, in uh, David Arbor, also pretty young. Harbor's uh, young as well. Yeah, in like this, you can tell. We'll talk about him yeah. in a moment. But like, what? What's the like? What's the overview of this deal? What's the plot of? I mean, it's basically a documentary style uh, movie following the day to day of two, you know, up and coming police officers on mm. their beats, like beat police officers in South Central LA. So you're you're kind of in like the pits and the pits of crime. Yeah, uh, I think it's set like it's not South Central LA now. It'd probably be set. Like, it is South then, Central LA. Yeah, yeah. It, no, but I mean, it's like it's oh, probably set in like the nineties. Sure. Like, it's yeah, like yeah. worse than it is like in the last ten years because that part's actually gotten a bit better. Do you know, so, and, so do you think that it's a bit of like a retrospect then in that respect? Uh, no, I, I think the movie was just made in. 2012 okay and there's like you know now south central LA has sofi stadium so there's a lot like of gentrification that's happened in yeah okay, okay 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 yeah and it's it's a really good investigation i think of like racial tension mm. family bonds it mixes the day-to-day tender moments with extreme violence mm. uh yeah i i really liked it yeah yeah i, I mean the the sort of core like driving force of this is uh, this parallel between the happy lives of these two police officers sort of unfolding in the real world versus them finding out about a sinister drug cartel operation which you know that's the plot like they stumble into something that they didn't really mean like you know the day to day is crazy and it's so crazy that they don't even know that they're stumbling into something that's even crazier which is nuts which is like kind of as its own point right we'll we'll talk we'll talk about it i I really like that i think the thing that i like the most about this is is that it really puts you in the lives of those characters and i think a lot of that is how it's filmed kind of both sides as well yeah yeah, absolutely. Like it does. Yeah, it does as well. Yeah, not yeah. just the police officers, but also um, the people they're chasing. And the found footage, they're sort of like shaky handicam style. It's not my favorite thing when I see when I see a movie that's done that, but I think this works pretty well. It's not always that, right? Like sometimes it's like a normal camera. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think, agree. but it, you're right. It is cut between shaky film and and normal. It's sort like, of like 65 percent yeah. shaky handycam stuff yeah. with a few shots of real camera stuff in there as well. Yeah, I think. Look, I think it masterfully like weaves that like uh, ouroboros of like appreciating the intensity required to wear the uniform, absolutely, while examining like the tain- dangerous, toxic work culture that surrounds it. I, yeah, I want to talk about that. Yeah. Without really giving like a perspective on what creates what, like, and yeah. you're kind of like, it's not an easy answer. It's like, why is it this way? Is it because of the violence or is it because the people that are in it are naturally mm-hmm. going to be this way? Like it, it kind of, it's a messy issue and it doesn't give like a clean answer, which and, and I think it, is good. And the film literally starts with them having come off the back of murdering someone. Yep. yep. And it's that is, like that is they've like been a point. slapped on the wrist for it. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, you know, they just got away with it by the sounds of it. Yeah. I mean, like. Murdering is like maybe homicide. Sorry, the sorry, way I would put that is like you know, like they, they, they killed someone in the line of duty. They killed them, yeah. But then there's a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, the thing I like about this is look, straight away I started this movie. It, I, it opened up, and I kind of wish I was sitting next to you because the first the first thing I wanted to say to you was, "Who do you think is going to die?" <laughs> like immediately, I've seen like, this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no. I forgot how it ended. Really? Like I, I remember. Like I literally was like, oh, "Do we want to wait to spoilers?" Hey, we're full spoilers, right. guys. Full spoilers. So I was uh, like, basically, Jake Gyllenhaal implies that he's going to die. His character. That's why I thought it was going to be Pena, and then it was Pena that dies. But I literally had forgotten how it ended, and I was like, "Fuck!" 
<laughs> not Jakey. <laughs> His wife's pregnant. And then I was Thank like, oh, show's the other one. No, not Ben yet. The other one's just had a kid. And yeah. then I was like, oh, both of them. And then I forgot that like he gives a speech or whatever at the funeral. I, I think totally it's really masterfully done. And it's like, you know, it's nothing new, you know, foreshadowing deaths in films. But Pena literally says at one point, I would take a bullet for you. And then there's another bit where Pena says something like, Something like, if anything ever happened to you, we would look after uh, Anna Kendrick's character. Yeah, it's like, so it's the opposite. And I was just sat there the whole time, and I was like, "There's a reason." That one was an in, that one was a good indicator. The bullet for you is almost a misnomer because he doesn't really take a bullet for him. Well, interesting. He does. Sorry, sorry, that's the wrong way. Which uh, is like, so it's like almost a misdirection. Yeah, you're expecting him to d- jump in front, and really, that's why it works so well. Actually, I think it's the other way around. I think in the same sentence, Gyllenhaal says something like, "I take a bullet for you." And then Pena says something along the lines of like, I'd jump in front of you or something, uh, yeah. whatever. And literally it, it foreshadows that final scene, which is fucking, which yeah. is, to be fair, like it's a little bit cliche, but it's good writing. I didn't think it was, cl- I thought it was so well done. Yeah. Cause I thought there was a couple misdirections in like how, like it was foreshadowed, but yeah. like the way it was foreshadowed kind of was a bit of a misdirection in a, in a bit of, in a few ways. Totally. And I think the fact it was written by Ayer as well, who has yeah. all these life experiences and all this like pain. Yeah makes it so real almost the way it's done and the friendship the camaraderie between them. let's talk about that in a sec but the the stakes i'd say for sure is the thing that makes it so intense and so thrilling for me the stakes of like a day-to-day job yeah like any interaction can turn into this but it's life and death yeah. at all times it's like, like if even you when were, you're in the station it's like if you were getting ready for your zoom call and at any point it could turn into a gunfight you know what i mean like <laughs> I don't mean to like, that's not meant to be a joke, but it's like, that's the, that's what yeah. that life yeah. is. It's 100%. crazy. Yeah. Or at least at this point in history, it was. So I think the stakes of it, the fact that it is constant really gives it that sort of small, but impactful scale. Now we talked about Pena and Gyllenhaal. What a dynamic they have in this. It's so good. It's like such yeah. great banter at <laughs> all so times. Good. And it gives the story more gravitas. The oh fact my- that you're so invested in the two of them. For sure. It does, like this movie does all the small things right. Yes, like it's, a, it's a it's like a montage of just like really really small intimate moments that make like a really great movie. There's like maybe two scenes that are like kind of bigger, Pivotal. yeah, like that are like more like climactic action. Like yeah. most of it is like the small stuff, both in the intense moments, yeah, and in the friendly moments, and in the familial moments, and in like the kind of investigation of police culture moments. Like they're all small. Well, it's interesting. And it's interesting you say that because like, they. They weave in subtle yeah. moments yeah. of escalation yeah. and you like while you're watching it, it feels like because of the intensity of everything rather than the grittiness, you don't really see the, I, I, when I was watching, I know I, it's the first time I've seen it and I was like, I didn't, I picked it out as being like, so for example, the time when they pull over the guy in the truck and he's got the blinged up guns. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, that's a regular stop. That's nothing new. Like, yeah, he shot at Pena, but like I didn't. But to me, that was wild. Like what was that guy thinking was going to happen? By the way, just as an aside, probably get shot and probably like, die. Like, why would you do that? Just be like, I'll get pulled over. Sorry, officer. He didn't do anything. It was maybe yeah. it was just a case of like he. It was like death for him either yeah, way. Just, yeah, he thought he thought they were gonna. Anyway, yeah. sorry, as an aside. No, no, but that, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I like that. And what the story goes with uh, Jill and Hall and Pena, like their dynamic is so good in this. But apparently, they didn't get along at first. Really? So they weren't like. So they didn't like quite click when they first got to know each other, and they. Uh, David Ayer put them all through like in pretty intensive police training for the film oh, for like wow. Gyllenhaal and Pena specifically and while they were doing it they like really bonded okay and I really like that like it's it's almost like 
mirroring the film. It's like a found family, well, found what friendship. It, that's what it would be like, right? Like yeah. you put like this white dude with like, you know, like the, they have no context to each other, very different cultures. And then totally. you just throw them together. Suddenly spend all like, it would be a bit awkward at first. It's yeah. like, no, a lot of, not a lot of shared and they're polar, they're polar opposites. Yeah, like, look yeah. at the size of Peña's family, yeah. Z's family, and look at the size of... Uh, and Brian basically doesn't have family, like, so, at all. Yeah. And I really like that. And it's that that buddy cop relationship. It's not a buddy cop movie, but I like to pretend yeah, it is. It's not really a buddy cop movie. It's more like the, the film partner. together. Yeah. Yeah. It is the camaraderie between them. That Definitely. It's, it's one of the big themes, I think. Did you know a lot of that stuff was ad-libbed as well? In the- I was going to ask. Like, there was yeah. so much stuff. I'm like, how? So what percentage stuff. of the banter in the car is ad-libbed? Pretty, pretty high, a lot of it, That's basically. pretty good, then. Yeah. Because there's some funny shit. Sometimes, though, I will say, it gets a bit much in the intense scenes where they're like, dude, dude, duh. like, And I'm like, okay, like maybe less. Like, mm. but like, I understand that like that could be real, but sometimes to me it was like a little overdone. Sure. Only when they're in the like moments where you're kind of body camming. Sure. And you're just hearing yeah. them talk about stuff, like, you know, the intensity of the moment. I feel but, like that's almost like a guttural reaction. Like, you, maybe, you, you maybe. Don't, you don't do it by, it's like instinctual. Almost, maybe, maybe, yeah. Like, I, it's not really, a, it's like a minor gripe, but I, there was a couple times where I was like, stop saying dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or bro. Well, but, like, like, you know, maybe that's what I would do. Well, they, like I was saying, they spent five months doing like 12 hour, uh, yeah. sorry, they spent five months doing training together, including 12 hour ride alongs with actual LAPD officers. Yeah. And you'd think that while, while you're doing that, you'd form a pretty strong bond. You know yeah. what I mean? And you, you pick up all that banter. It's interesting. We're talking so much about like their bond, really, because sort of when it first came out, one of the POVs of this film was that there isn't much character development in the film. And I can kind of see that because, yes, you hear there's a lot of telling about things these guys have done together. You don't see a lot of it outside of like the, um, uh, the cousin's the, the cousin's uh, yeah, 16th birthday. Bro. I disagree so much. I think if you look around the main two characters, you don't see a lot of extra stuff. I fucking could not disagree more. Okay. You I, can have dialogue that talks about things in a way that informs the character as long as they're not telling just to tell. Sure. Like all the, the dialogue about his past experiences and relationships yeah. compared to Pena's is total character development. Yeah, yeah totally. Just because they're telling you about something that you, that you don't see, the way they do it informs the character. I think and, because well, it is a conversation well, that I, I'd totally happen. I'd agree. Yeah. And I, the, the, what I was going to get to there yeah. was, I think the way it's done is quite informative of the characters yeah. because the way they converse, it's quite like macho and it's yeah. a bit like blase at times. Yeah. And you're a bit like, that's almost the, like the process your brain has to go through in that to keep yourself safe. Yeah. And it's almost like not trying to get too attached to this other person, but then they do. Yeah, <laughs> Obviously, you can't help it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. A good, that's a. I think that's an insightful point. I didn't really think about that, but the uh, the interesting part was Pena always drives. Yeah, you I didn't think that? about I was that. Like, is that the way it actually works? I like one dude's just that. the driver. Maybe I don't know. And yeah. then Gyllenhaal's always, always like, just drink more coffee. Yeah, and he's always the one calling it in. Like mm. that. Maybe that is the way it is because like maybe you have to is. be really good at one thing and the other. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe. I did. I, I when we say and there wasn't much other character development though, but I I love David Harbour in this. David Harbour was great. He was so good in this. Up to the point where he had a fucking knife sticking knife out of his face. in his eye. Which was gnarly. <sighs> that whole scene that was hard to was look at. fucking tough. Oh, and the the, the rookie gets the Just shit like out, literally, right? like no way she's alive. No. Well, she survived. She, I think, they I say think that, say. but like when you look like that, I find that very hard to oh, believe. Man, it's rough. Yeah. It's rough, that scene. It's um, hard to watch. I, I like him as being like the older 
like world weary statesman of the force. Like, no, it's a good character. I want to know what happened to that him. That trope is a good character. Yeah, yeah. I love that trope. That's a movie I want to see off the back of this. Yeah. Like the follow up to this movie is like what happened to David Harbour's character. It before before this film is what I mean. Like you yeah. know, like I mean, you can't do it now because he's he's significantly older. I mean, he know. still could. I think. He's you good. Still he's still play enough, the weathered cop. I he's mean, a good enough actor. No, I mean, I want to know how he became the weathered cop. Oh, I want to oh, see oh, yeah. that. Not, yeah, fair enough. With fair David Harbour, not someone who's a cheap imitation. Yeah, because it, it's it's he's so beaten down. He's so the sequence about like the department just butt fucking. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ, man. He's so That's good. a good sequence. They basically, it's basically him just like explaining like they're on top right now. They're getting a bunch of rewards for doing really good things, actually. Yes, and really good things. Just like, dude, this department one day they'll fucking butt fuck you, like, <laughs> and you won't see it coming. The streets suck you up front. The department comes from behind. So, like, it's so just good. so good. It's such a good line. Yeah, I think the thing that I would say holds this movie together from the opposite side of the the platform is so we've you've obviously got all the stuff in the streets. You've got the camaraderie, but the role of the police wives in this, yeah. I find really interesting. Yep. They've obviously got Anna Kendrick and Natalie Martinez, and they have this mad juxtaposition of you have these disgustingly gritty, intense scenes, and then it'll just flip for a few minutes, and you get this beautiful build of like, best their lives outside of this, That's and what the they're actually is so like. Strong, so good. That's we'll what... talk about pacing, sure. And I think it. It injects like some normal life into it. Like they're the heartbeat of the film. For sure. It's like, that's what I meant. Like the small intense moments, but there's also small emotional moments. Yeah. And that like the reason why I think the pacing is so strong is because it's kind of a cheat code. Yeah. It's like a, do- a documentary style. Yeah. You can insert them wherever you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You great. know what I mean? There's not like, it's not like this perfectly linear plot structure because yeah. of the style of the film uh, and the, the choice to make it documentary style. But like it works. Yeah. yeah it works. I, I guess the first inciting incident of the film then is that they... Like we said, they they pull over this dude who has a load of blinged up guns and a bunch of cash in his car. Yeah. Well, they don't realize is he's actually part of like a bigger a drug bigger car- cartel, Mexican drug cartel, and a which is high up part. moving into yeah. that that town, that little little area of the city. And uh, you you know it's intense because he shoots at Z like immediately. Well, like he, he attempts to like he pulls him over, goes up to the the driver's side window yeah. and asks for the license registration, and instantly the guy just pulls out a gun. That's what I mean. Yeah. It, yeah, and like that's the first inside incident, and like there's a lot of intensity up to that point, but that's the first that's bit the, you that go. kicks off the real plot yeah. Yeah. that I think drives yeah. the climax. Yeah. And it, it's interesting you mentioned pacing a moment ago because like this is set over six months. I kind of mm. think I didn't realize that at first. I knew it was over a certain amount. I knew it was, like, it was skipping big chunks. Like, yeah. obviously, you know, at the beginning, old mate uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character just met Anna Kendrick. And yeah. then all of a sudden, you know, they're going to the the um, uh, the um birthday party together. And yeah. then they're getting, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, I think it moves the clip. It's good. Like, it, ma- it makes sense to have these sort of time. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. You don't need to see absolutely everything they do no. in this time frame. Like, they're just being cops. I think it also adds to the tone. Like, life can come up when you live this kind of life. It can happen fast. Yeah, both like like life events because you're so intensity like in one way that like the days become quick. Yeah, and then blood like, almost. You, yeah. you just learn. You look like up, all my Zoom calls. Yeah, you look up and you're just like, <laughs> "Fuck, I'm, I'm about, this is the chick. I got to get yeah. married." Yeah, and it happens over a conversation the same way. The last five times they had this conversation, it was the opposite. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, well, it, it's it's interesting because it, the the way it's it's paced is sort of built on the conversations yeah so like you you see like initially is just manic Kendrick, and i think those are the time jumps that you see like you say everything else blurs together yeah and i really like the scene where they go to the 16 year old's birthday and it's almost 
a reflection of like because Jake Gyllenhaal doesn't really have family in this. Yeah, well, that is his family, yeah. and he he wants them to approve of Anna Kendrick. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I really yeah, yeah. I really like that. It's such a good scene and like really heartwarming when they're all you know getting along. She's talking about her Irish family and how it's like it reflects theirs. Yeah. And then there's, you, got, you got this like escalation going on in the background of the cartel stuff while all these nice yeah, scenes totally. play out. Totally, Love it. Man. It's so good, man. It is. It's awesome. So as we go through the story, then you get this sense of deepening danger. We talked about them, you know, pulling over one of the cartel members without really knowing it. Yeah. And I think one of my favorite bits about it is that you, that you don't realize no, the dangers deep. It's yeah, exactly. And they don't even really realize. That, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Like they're, they're not really across it. So they find a house. They find a house, but the way they find the house is actually be like they find these really blinged out guns in the guy's car that they pull over. Yeah, that yeah. almost tries to kill him. That we find out is eventually a big part of the cartel has a bunch of money hidden in this chili. Yes. I wish I could make some chili like that. I wish I could find yeah, it that, as well. Yeah. Would that be better for you than the bears in the tomato sauce? Great question. Would, would yes, you, do you, would you can take that? the lid off. <laughs> okay, you can see um, the chili. Point being, he cross references something Gyllenhaal. written on the gun, Jalen Hall. And it's like, hey, let's just like check this out. No one else has the time. Like, let's go yeah, check out this. Yeah, he gets yeah. an address from it. Yeah. And he's like, no one, like, no one's run into this building with me, right? Like, basically references a time where they go into a fire together, and he just followed him to follow him. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. though it's not their job. And uh, that's a great scene as well. It's a great scene. scene. Great scene. Um, and he's like, run into this fire with me. I know I did it for you. I wouldn't have gone in if it wasn't for you. Do this. Yeah. Thing. They discover what do they discover, Tommy? It's effectively like a house that's full of like people who are being trafficked yeah it's basically human trafficking across the border it's not yeah and, and it's so grim it's this disgusting room with and, like and like one a, toilet like probably ugh. 40 people and just just yeah it's hideous yeah. and it's but it's a really like affecting scene yeah. i really like it when you watch it and you're going like holy shit like because what are they getting into and then all of those da officers are they da or are they cia it's unclear okay it's, it's supposed unclear. to be clear okay yeah. it's supposed to be unclear these officers effectively run and they're like what the fuck are you guys doing? You're yeah. ruining our investigation. This is a, pers- a point of interest. You fucking got him. And yeah, we, exactly. We ruining our- it's it's so good. And I think like the cinematography and world building really peaks for me in some of these escalation scenes. Yeah. Like the world building definitely because you don't, you don't know as, as a viewer, but equally Gyllenhaal and Pena, they just have no idea what they're putting their fingers into. Yeah. They're like, it's like putting it into a like a, a mouse trap. Or yeah, f- yeah exa- or exactly. And you, you yeah. pick pick one. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, but they don't realize it. And all of this sort of like tension is building with the Hispanic gangs. Yep, and they're just and, oblivious oh, to it. We didn't even talk about that. There's like the yeah. the, the gangbangers on like the the African American side, and then the Hispanics like there. There's kind of racial tensions there. We see a drive by. Yeah, um, well, the, that's the, happening in the background. The guy who gets yeah. driven by. Uh, yeah. we, let me let me go back a sec because we're talking about sort of cinematography, world building, specifically world building. There's a great scene where that one dude is really angry in his apartment, and Je- uh, Pena and Gyllenhaal rock up. Yeah, and he he in, insults uh, Z Z Pena's character. Yeah. And he's and Penny takes off his badge, takes off his belt, and they just have a, like a ruckus just in and the he's apartment. Like, he's like, and if I beat you, you put the cuffs on yourself. Yeah, he's right? yeah, he literally and he's and like Penny somehow wins. Yeah, he's it like didn't look good. A foot and a half yeah, shorter yeah. than the guy. I was like, that's probably not how it goes. Yeah, I know. But like the way that's filmed, it kind of breaks like a bunch of cinematography rules. Like in terms of like you're supposed to only view like 180 of the scene, so mm. you can see degrees of the scene. So. You know, everyone can keep the spatial awareness, but this, it keeps flipping between yeah, Jill and Hall throwing a camera at himself yeah, and like, like you're in the middle of it. Yeah. Ah, oh, man, it's, it's, it's so intense. And then he, I like to say Pena wins. Um, but then like 
that's also this, there's this separate building of tension. So like the Hispanics are trying to take over the neighborhood. So yeah. they're doing drive-bys on, on, on these, these, you know, black gangs that are hanging around having just like cookouts on the street. Yeah. Like completely unprovoked. Yeah. Um, and then you get to this point where you're seeing this human trafficking, you're seeing the real, you know, the real implications of what, what these tiny, yeah, are doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. These tiny incidents really are sort of like highlighted. Yeah. And then the, the, the next probably escalate. And by the way, before we move on, the reason I think that that scene is so emotive, the one where you discover a bunch of human trafficking mm. is like, they Her find that they open in, they find a, a guy who's just like there, there's something else going on. There's a bunch of pictures on the wall. Yeah. It's just, but it's quiet. Yeah. And the room over would just literally covered by like a, a towel, yeah. a tarp. He, they move the tarp and there's just 40 people. So many And they didn't people. say anything because they're so like basically, de- I, yeah. ter- I think it's just, they're so defeated. Yeah. Maybe. Like they don't even look up. They don't even acknowledge another human. Like they're yeah. just like kind of waiting to like, just see what like comes of them. And it's that terrifying and it's like silence. Like it's very, yeah. yeah, it's very emotive because of that. And then the next big scene, I'd say that, you know, escalates to the crescendo, which is the, you know, the end of the movie is when they do the same thing. Wait, how do they find this other house? Or maybe that's the one they find. No, he well, cross so, references the so, thing. No, no, because this is a separate one. So they yeah. get it. They get a call that someone's grandmother or an elderly lady hasn't been seen for a long time. And they effectively go to check out the house. Yes. And the house is like bizarrely quiet, but has this disgusting stench of yeah. like, um, like death basically yeah right? and as they go in they they search through and they find like a woman wrapped up all in plastic bags effectively yeah like she's been dead for a while yeah and there are all these boxes yeah. with like i don't know it looks like pickle jars almost yeah. in them as well that are full of cocaine yeah full of cocaine and it's like they as they keep searching the house they find all these chopped up bodies with like well, they, 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 they the basically walls. like, yeah, first they're like, oh, it was the grandma that was the smell and it's kind of weird that she's in a bag. But then they turn like left. And it's like just, a murder room. They open and it's like a, literally a murder room. Yeah, it's, it's where it's they cut up. up the body, like all the cartels basically cut up the bodies of the people they've killed and get rid of the evidence. Correct but, me if I'm wrong. Does To me, it looked like those were all, I mean, you couldn't really tell because it was just basically like heads and torsos and shit. But they kind of looked like, like, uh, like black dudes who'd been sent over to maybe try and win the territory back. I didn't. I didn't get that. I couldn't tell, but like it, that's it kind of what it felt like. I think to it me. was just the, the the manufacturing facility of the cartels, like shit they need to get rid of. Yeah, like, okay. I think it was that simple. And okay. The I, the part that though like did bug me about this is like, surely the cartels are smarter than that. They would just buy a house. Mm. Or maybe it's because that implicates them. I don't know, but like they wouldn't just take over some grandma's house because she's dead. It could just be that the people doing it weren't that intelligent. Like they could, Maybe. it could be it's like, a pretty big part of the operation. Yeah, yeah. I, I, fair enough. But yeah. it could just be like new folks to the operation, and yeah. be, you know they could be like testing out, being tested out. You don't find any of that information out, which keeps you in the dark as a viewer as much as it keeps yeah. Pena and and, uh, and Gyllenhaal, which makes it even more terrifying when you find out like yeah. the levels they're infiltrating. For and sure, it it sort of like brings you to the final sort of action scene. It's a good place to start talking about action, really, because they get a hit on them basically yeah. and it's a case of they've just been wrong place wrong time a couple on times. three occasions yeah maybe more you don't really know but like those couple yeah. of occasions that yeah you know you you actually see the cartel leader as like night vision goggles yeah it's basically like Great. intel from the cia yeah, yeah. like big time <laughs> like big time paris hilton sex video vibes of yeah. like him being like there are these two cops like you've got to like snuff them out like yeah. you've got to do this and the sort of 
four like gangbangers, like the the Mexican that we've been following. Yeah, the the Hispanic gang members who you've kind of had a background view of going through their lives a little bit are tasked with murder in Jill and Holden Pena, and it's a yeah. fucking brutal action scene. Yeah. So there's only really a couple of key action scenes, I'd say, in the film. Yeah. Overall, really, like... There's, there's a lot of build-up scenes that don't have it quite to action. Yes. Um, there's a lot of teasing. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, foreplay, but not a lot of, like, full yeah. action scenes. And when you finally... Like, it's actually such an interesting setup for that final action scene because mm-hmm. it's just a dude who run, runs a red light. Yep. Well, I mean, they, they, they first... I think it's a trap. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It is yeah. a to- it's 100% a it, trap. <laughs> but, like... To them, in the in the mindset of like they're just doing their job, it could have been it's anything. The daily beat could be it could have been literally anything. anything. Yeah, it could have been anything. They so don't show up expecting that. Exactly. Yeah. And this dude runs a red light, and they 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 run into him, and then they chase the guy into like a an apartment, like basically complex. a death zone. Yeah, yeah literally. <laughs> like where literally. it's like an apartment complex where like there's the center. It's like the center. You know the the basically the center little shared area yeah. is surrounded by like uh, balconies of all the different apartments. And there's just cartel people waiting with AKs on the second Literally, floor when they run yeah. through to just toast them. Like it's brutal. Yeah. Well, they don't get them immediately, which, which is shocking. Re- I mean, <laughs> like how shockingly bad. They're right there. They're, and they're like, right, the, right Choli- the Cholita girl is just like, "Y'all stupid. Yeah. You miss stupid." And I was like, "That actually is like exactly what I thought." That's my brain. I was like, "Yeah, fair right enough. Here. Thank you for voicing the audience's concern." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I guess I guess this is where it comes into question. Then, like. The sense of the shaky handicam thing, like, yeah. did that take you out of this at all? Because no. they, some of the scenes were in this were just filmed regularly. I liked it. I thought it was a good mix. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It, it wasn't. The, the, it wasn't like full Cloverfield the entire movie. Yeah, and I think that helped. Yeah, big Thank time. God. So I, 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 the thing that really got me here is like it is really graphic. Some of the stuff that happens in this, For like sure. Gyllenhaal's hand just gets like blown to shit. Just gets like of it. thumb shot off. Something crazy like that because he can't use it for the rest of the scene. Yeah. And then you just, just as you think they're about to get away, just as you think they're about to get away, they're in an alleyway, they're running like the four like Hispanic like gang members just rock up behind them with these AKs. It's it, crazy that like, uh, yeah, and, and you, that's the ending of the film, basically. Pretty you much. see them in an alley, they get, they're almost it's high out. stakes battle. Yeah, high stake, like basically with a, with a car and they're, they're not sure if the car is their car or an enemy because it's like yeah. night and it's coming mm-hmm. at them in the alley. Mm-hmm. They take him out, but Gyllenhaal gets hit. Yeah. Um, Takes the bullet like he said he would. Yeah. He didn't really take it for him, I guess is my point. He just gets hit. Right. So I was reading about this and it was saying something along the lines of like, Pena moves out of the way, but Gyllenhaal holds his position to draw fire away from Pena. I think, I think like undoubtedly the reason Pena is able to hit the guy is because he's distracted yeah. shooting yeah, at yeah, Gyllenhaal. Yeah. And then you see, so you see him bleeding out. You're like, fuck, he's, he's toast. Yeah. And then, surely. And, 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 and it literally goes to the end of like him bleeding out where you're like, okay, he's dead. And you see Pena kind of realizing he's dead, like crying over his body. Yeah. And then you hear like the gun cock behind him and it's the gang they've caught up to Pena as well mm. and they take him out really they literally yeah. annihilate him and then they all get taken out by the rest and then of the cops. shortly thereafter the cops all arrive the cavalry arrives and they just you know turns into a gunfight where those guys die but my point was like if you're Gyllenhaal and Pena surely you just hide in one of these alleys in one of these homes like there's no mm. point in like running around exposing mm. yourself I was thinking I would think hiding laying low shutting the fuck up listening waiting is a much safer outcome than just running down the alley. Yeah, but then you've got to ask the question of like, do the gang members know the people who live there? 100%. Is there trust there? Would they, they'd sell them out immediately. Bigger, bigger risk though, I think to, yeah, obviously if you're in an apartment, maybe, but I think holding up 
rather than running through a surrounding where you don't know anything, just waiting for the cops to arrive mm. is probably what I would have done in that situation. Yeah, I, I can agree on that. Yeah. I can think, I, I guess it's a case of their like zoning on I, it, where they were in the one apartment. So yeah. effectively what happens is Jill and Holm Penny get trapped in an apartment and they're just like, the, the gang are just fight, like throwing rounds into this, but they could hit like a mother and child at any moment. Yeah, yeah. If they could have got out, got to a different apartment, That's maybe slightly further away, hold up. So yeah. like they didn't quite know where they were, give yeah. themselves some breathing space. Why couldn't they have just jumped out of the window, by the way? I didn't get that. I mean, like it's kind of semantics. Like they were in a, they're in a gauntlet trap. Like they'd obviously sure. pick this place for a reason. So yeah, like, it's yeah, 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 yeah. That, like, Makes sense. No matter what they're like, as they're running away, there's people posted everywhere. They're having to kill me. It's crazy. Or, but, or, just playing devil's advocate here you because the way they came in like that's where the the gun shooters are right you you take their attention away so they're shooting somewhere else then just run back the way you came because right there yeah. could, could they not have just gone backwards on themselves maybe, maybe they're they disorientated yeah, they yeah. Were, and they're worried like, or someone it, comes out and shoots AKs, up the car yeah, yeah that's <laughs> totally, totally totally fair um, I, I think one thing we haven't talked about is the the reliance on like practical effects in this film yeah the, like, like no cgi barely any cgi at all maybe for like nuzzle flashes maybe but like it's so interesting and i think one of the reasons why this film is so interesting and finding out more about it listening to that podcast by the, <laughs> the john bernthal one is that the fact that he knew the streets as well as he did and he knew to film this in the capacity he wanted to he had to go and talk to like some of the leaders from the streets mm. himself. He would go with like a couple of dudes from his production team and be like, hey, we want to film this. Like, and there are actually gang members in the film, mm. genuine gang members in the film who they just like let be in it for wow. like whatever reason. And fuck, man, like that would be an intense conversation. Yeah, yeah it would. That would sure. be pretty, pretty it's grim. A real deal. I think the, the ending then is that Enya effectively gets the shit blown out of him yeah, he dead. just gets destroyed and it, it, it kind of we see the uh we, the be, we get to see the, the aftermath the funeral the parade yeah and Jill i thought they were both dead at that point go and talk up well i think that's the point yeah you're okay. expecting that but then you just see the free it, like switches to jill and hall kind of crying at the yeah mm. and you're like oh okay yeah he made it it's, i mean just yeah, yeah. just by the looks of it yeah he's yeah. pretty he's pretty fucked up they're pretty brutal and then i guess the question is like does does he continue after that does he continue being a cop they keep it open does he get a new partner like do, is he too psychologically broken from the experience or does he become the david arbor that's it you know like where he's not is it a cyclical the same dude that he yeah was, you know? the the nature of the police force yeah i fucking loved this yeah, it was great movie. so good to get into and i think i think knowing the background made it even more personal mm. and even more impactful watching it it was really great fucking great film nice man what we like to do now is we like to talk a little bit about the tones and themes of the films we've kind of done it all the way through but just narrowing down a little yeah. bit and it, it's it's uh something that dl does incredibly well dl <laughs> talk I, to me i think it's just the perspective is everything right the importance okay. of perspective film tells the story from like the two main characters which gives us unique insight into both their perspectives mm -hmm. who come mm -hmm. from different places but it also kind of flips it on its head and shows it of the you know perceived enemies and gang yeah. members yeah yeah and gives a bit of their perspective as well so the, I, I, the you ethics know, you of crime and cops yeah things in different ways yeah. from based off the perspective is definitely and that's that's their life as well like that's the only life they've ever known yeah. and like the cops are the yeah the bad guys you know what i mean yeah. like they've that's how they've been brought up 
I think there's the big like family fan family stuff in this as well. For sure, for sure. Definitely for Friendship John, John and camaraderie, Hoskin. Yeah. for sure. Yeah. Camaraderie is the perfect word for this. Uh, and then like also like the family of the police force. Right? Yeah. And how family like family. the ones that can make it have this bond, right? They yeah. kind of touch on that with like the rookie who they were like, she was never going to make it. Yeah. The yeah, one yeah. that gets her, you know, her uh, face at, caved in. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. I'm uh, surprised wounds. they didn't kill that guy. Yeah. I think that highlights that like there is this toxic culture because the Sarge is like, why didn't you waste that fool? Yeah. Like, and they're, really? yeah, he says that. And then they're just like, just, I fucking didn't feel like killing someone today. Like, I didn't need to. So it's like, it, it, it tries to show both sides of the department, the pressure thought, of it to right. do that thing. And then the, also the, the fact that, like, yeah. you know, that not every cop is a bad cop at well, every if, moment. If that was Pena, do you reckon he would have killed him? I don't know. I think so. I don't know. If he was wailing on Pena the way he was, like, beating that. Oh, that you mean, rookie. oh, you mean, yes, then 100%. Yeah, I think he would. 100%. Like, he had a shotgun. 100%. I think his head would have. Hundred percent, which is also kind of part of the uh, you know the found family. Like that yeah, one was kind of on the outs of the family. They didn't really. She wasn't. She in wasn't yet. in yet. Yeah. yeah. Um. The David other... David Harbor though, knife through the eye. Fuck, dude, gnarly. He was also not part of the found family though. Really, was he? Well, he I think kinda... he was. But he was a he bit was like just, the older brother he was who just everyone, like they didn't yeah. like him. But they, yeah, I think it's different because he wasn't a rookie. He's grizzled. The the other concept I'd say, you know, you don't need to spend too much time on it, but the thin blue line concept of like this film kind of explores, I think the uh idea that the police officers are really and law enforcement are one of the few things that separate like you know society from chaos really mm. um in a lot of ways like mm. and I, I they they touch on that cuz they show it in moments where you know not even in the violent parts but just the parts where you see what would happen if a police officer wasn't there with the kids taped up or the yeah, you know okay. the, like all this other stuff that kids taped up yeah. it was oh grim anyway okay great what we like to do now is we like to give you three reasons why you might want to watch this film. And three reasons why you might not. If it's a new film, we'll do it. Non-spoilers, but we've spoiled the shit out of this anyway. So yeah. we talk three best and three worst. DL, what are your three best? My three best are Jake Hall and Michael Pena killing it. Camaraderie's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. I thought the ending was really well done. I thought also the movie was just super tight in mm-hmm. general. And then I think the small moments of both intensity and tenderness, this movie kind of executes both really well. Yeah, absolutely. I've definitely got the performances. I think I've I've called out like the Gyllenhaal Kendrick mm-hmm. relationship, like his life on one side of the fence versus his life on the other. I think you you probably see more of them than you do like Michael Pena's character with his wife. Like you don't yeah. see a lot of them outside of because obviously I, I think Gyllenhaal's supposed to be the POV character in this yeah. more so. I thought the performances were amazing and like the chemistry they all had, just yeah. like. No, they did great. Yeah, it was good. Uh, I had sort of the the escalation, the brutality, like it was felt real. Yeah. Like it, at no point did I watch this thinking like, oh, you know, like this isn't a lived experience. Yeah. Like it felt like you'd lived it. And just the fact it's like a confronting movie. For like, sure. like uh, uh, It the, is a confronting movie. It really is. Undoubtedly. And I was, uh, so what I wanted, what I did was I looked back to see what some of the critical reactions were at the beginning, just because that sort of like that seven point, whatever it was on IMDb and those types of things, like, why could that be? And it seems that a lot of the negativity towards this was around, you know, the violence and the com- and how it, 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 you know, it's so confronting. But I was like, the the POV of David Ayer being that real art comes from pain. Yeah, it just screams everything about this movie yeah, to me. For sure. No, I, I don't. I, I, I like it. Yeah, I, I agree. And life, I agree. With life that is estimation. confronting. I agree with that estimation. Don't watch it if you're looking for like a. Uh, you know, happy go lucky movie but it does have like a bittersweet ending in that you get jake gyllenhaal alive yeah right? but then his wife is widowed and there's a kid no, who I mean, no longer has a bitter, father but it's bittersweet because 
you know that he is going to be the father figure for that kid. Sure. 100%. Because of the dialogue that came before. It's definitely more bitter than sweet, but... Yes. Uh, any the, any worst? I only had the overdubbed audio and some intense scenes. This is a bit overdone, which I've already talked about. Yeah, okay. It's a bit, it's a bit too much, but... I, I only gripe. really had the, the... I never really loved the fan footage thing. Like, I get it. He makes it work. He actually does make it work really well in this David Ayer, but, like, sometimes I'm just a bit like... It's, it's shaky and i'm like what's happening like the fight scene in the, in the apartment with the the copper with Pena and yeah, the, the one dude or whatever you're a bit like what's happening here <laughs> i didn't mind that the the i will say also the ending was like was super sad but they did have they did give you one last scene with them together yes like yes. hours before it happened and yes just, just to highlight it was a normal day yeah it was a normal and it was a good scene with great dialogue they're laughing it was probably one of the better ones i like that scene yeah i like that a lot that's how what, it ends what we like to do now is we like to do our classic rating system, ladies and gentlemen. Now, forever, this has been to this to this point. Uh, we ask, we we don't say this has you know five guns out of six. We don't say this is six Jake Gyllenhaal haircuts out of ten. We <laughs> just like to say binary: is this better or worse than the most average movie that we can think of? Which is Ackman 2018. DL, why do you think this is better than Ackman 2018? Yeah, I'm glad you just skipped the, <laughs> There's the no pomp, to ask pomp and here. There's no need uh, to ask it. Yeah, it's just better for all the reasons I said already. It's much better. And most of the movies that are in this category of anthology, you're probably going to get that answer. Would you have liked to have seen a found footage version of Ackman 2018? No. Where it's all from Lots his of perspective. <laughs> Lots of bubbles. <laughs> There's a big octopus <laughs> playing drums. And bubbles. And bubbles. And uh, what's her name? Amber Heard underwater. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it is better. And I think the relationships for me are the thing that make this really stand out. Like, I don't believe any of the relationships in that Aquaman movie for a split second. They're and in this, enough. it just makes sense. Except for maybe his dad. I Actually, yeah, Samara Morrison's pretty good in that. Okay, final bit then before we wrap up DL. Trivia. True or trivia false? Yes. I found some trivia. This time it's from IMDb, so it's probably all nonsense. But you tell me whether you think the trivia I'm telling you is true or trivia false. Okay, let's do it. Most, most, big word there, of the crude banter between Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Pena was improvised throughout the film by the two. Well, we talked about this, so I'll say true. Okay, do you want to talk at your microphone? We, we talked about this, so I will say true. It is true. It is true. But I didn't say most previously. I just said some. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Trivia true, trivia false DL. The word fuck is used a total of 326 times in the movie. No, it's 327. Making it false. the 11th most fuck laden film of all time. Is false. True is that false? It's the 10th. It is the 10th <laughs> most profanity laden movie. Stupid shit like that. <laughs> Just because you said it, right? I was like, all right, fuck it. We'll, we'll change this up. All right. Two more then. Uh, the Spanish graffiti on the wall in the house where they find the dismembered corpses says, it's it's big. Yeah, I remember. Ray Payne says, hey, fags, keep sending people. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, something about ha, ha, ha is true because he talks about it. So I didn't say true. It is true. I think uh, that's kind of why I was wondering if it was maybe the black gang members being sent over uh, okay. to try and maybe. take back the territory because clearly it's not working. It's not going well for them. <laughs> the fact that it's remembered to start with. Jesus. Finally then, David Ayer wrote the screenplay for this in just 10 days. I could, I could see that if it's a lot of banter and he's just got the first version and it just comes out of him. And, and a mean, lot of improvisation. Like this is something that he, a topic that yeah. he obviously yeah. understands well. So yeah. yeah, true. It's actually six days. Wow. Can you believe that? That's wild. Unbelievable. I mean, there's probably edits, but. I wonder. V1. 
I wonder if there's a version of this film out there. Like, and yeah. I know I'm I'm a little negative towards the handicam style, but like, I wonder if there's a version of this film out there that is in a training day style, done by maybe that director even. And it is, it's, yeah, it's probably more a, classically built. It's probably a similar movie. Yeah, maybe it's not that different. I don't think. I think probably it's just less. A style, I think it's more of a style choice that he he made. Probably less banter because when you've just got like it's a smaller camera, there's like less to hold you back. I feel like there's more room to riff. Look, ultimately, I probably would put this up there as one of my favorite movies. Definitely action movies I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's High, such highly good recommend film. stamp of approval from the rewatch. Or Go watch rewatch, it, baby. The, uh, we are the rewatch podcast. The movies we should have seen. <laughs> the movies we should have seen. Hey guys, if there's any movies you haven't seen that we should watch, let us know. Hit us up at where they find us, Dio. Podcast Assemble on Instagram or the podcast assemble at gmail.com. You got it right, Woo! baby. And while we, uh, you know, when you do that, go give us some reviews, check it out. Yeah, do all that with stuff. Send us some memes, do whatever you want. You can do that stuff. Right in Spotify. It's yeah. right there. Um, and and in, in that, a big thank you to Matthew Bliss for editing and mastering this week's episode. Mastering. Well, we've, we've gone from just editing to mastering. He is a now master of his craft, baby. And if you'd like to hire someone to edit your podcast, head to uh, matthewbliss.net and book a consultation today. If you want to hear his work, you can also listen to a podcast he does, From My Home to Yours. Very wholesome title. Very wholesome. To, uh, wholesome podcast. Hear about an expat slash repat podcast where Matt and his wife share some of their experiences and advice of others for moving to Ireland or from Australia or really anywhere, expatting and repatting. Um, give it a listen. Something we could have done with a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I moved back and forth a number too of late times. for me, mate. But <laughs> I mean, take it on retroactive uh, advice. Anyway, uh, with that, thanks, everybody. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you, DL. And uh, until next time, tally-ho. Tally-ho, baby! Test this because it's down. Down, down, down. If you would please talk into your microphone. Down, down, down. You look like, can you talk? Yeah. Down, down, down. You look pretty good. Give me a thumbs, fine. You want to try?